Welcome to this week's episode of the Afros and Knives podcast. I am your host, Tiffany Rozier, and joining the conversation this week is co-founder and CPO of Dope Coffee, Shell Lloyd. She is the creative force behind Dope Coffee's incredible product offerings, like their face and body scrub, their organic coffee-infused syrup, and their coffee-infused beard and scalp oil. Dope Coffee is based in Atlanta, Georgia, but they are poised for a global takeover. Be sure to visit Dope Coffee's website, realdope.coffee, and then follow them on Instagram at realdopecoffee. And if you are looking to diversify your investment portfolio, visit Dope Coffee's crowd investment campaign on Crowdfund Main Street. If you go to the Dope Coffee website and follow the investment link in the navigation, it will take you directly to their crowdfunding page. Thank you again to all of Afros and Nice Patreon members for supporting this episode. Your generosity is deeply felt and appreciated. And now this week's inspiration. It comes from one of the greatest to ever do it and a dope queen of the highest order, Chef Leah Chase. She says we have to pay attention to one another. Regardless of how someone may look or act, look again. Looking at people is like looking at art. I may look at a painting and dislike it because I don't understand it but then I'll look deeper and I'll see things better. Now, let's get into this episode. I am Shell Lloyd. I am one of the co-founders of Dope Coffee Company and I speak through my products. It's how I really got into building a voice for myself. And I think that the brand that I'm building and who I am as a person, in addition to my life's journey and everything that led me here, it all amounts to the fact that we're going full steam ahead, straight forward into the future. And my products speak to that. So how I got my start, who I am, it all speaks through my product and my brand. Awesome. So why coffee specifically? I think people have definitely leaned into food or wine, but coffee is, I mean, I think brown and black faces have been in that world a long, long time and most people just don't pay attention. But as far as like a brand that's out in front, that's producing like beans and product, why did coffee call to you? I am a foodie at heart and I love things that taste good, that can also give me some nutritional benefit. And for about seven or eight years of my life, I was a military spouse and we lived in a town that really didn't have any coffee shops. And I was a full-time student. I was a mom, I had a job and I really needed something to help me keep going. And coffee was it, but I needed something that had a little bit of more nutrition in it. And we decided to step on out there and open up a coffee shop. And after that, I fell in love with making products from coffee. So not just coffee drinks or, or things of that nature, but using the entire coffee bean and fruit to break the nutrition down and make multiple products from. So I know that's kind of a around the way of answering the question, but that's really, that's really where it stemmed from. There was a need and we knew how to fill it. And it goes back to saying, Hey, I'm going to shoot my shot with these products. Like I am a food junkie and I'm also a dietitian. So my life has been built around food and nutrition. And mm. this also gave me a way into where we're going next for our family, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. When you first got into the coffee shop, the yeah. process of like procuring product, like setting up your supply chain and like just kind of understanding the world of distribution and just finding product around the world. 
what was your introduction to that? Like, how did you, was it an easy process? And did you have anybody around to kind of help steer or guide? It was a big learning process. It's different than going to your grocery store and trying to figure out what coffee bag looks the best. It's more about business at that point. And that's one of the things that I had to realize, even going into products, I got so excited that I was the chief product officer for Solar Cafe, which is our former brand and now Dope Coffee. But when it comes down to it, it's more about the business of your product. And I came to love that more and more as I got deeper and deeper into the business with Dope Coffee. So accessing the beans, learning about the beans, all the research is, is all fun and good. But the bottom line is, how does your product present to your customer? How does your product present through your brand? And that's more of the role that I've taken on with Dope Coffee is really looking at my products and giving them personas, giving them a life. And how do I extend that through my brand? So when I say it's been a learning curve, I had plenty of people that reached out to help me. But until you're ready to take that next step, with yourself, not mm. being comfortable in what you like to do, but learning everything else around it. Like you said, the logistics of it, the manufacturing of it, learning how to scale your product. That's when it really gets sexy. And those are the things that excite me about production now, but it also helps open your mind as well. It helps open mm. your mind to looking at your product in a different light, not just as a consumable or a non-consumable, but how it impacts people. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so the pivot from like a brick and mortar space into the way your brand is set up now, and like even like leaving the name behind and taking, adopting a new name and putting a new brand into the world. What was the, the decision process like that? Like what was the timeline for you guys? It was an awakening for both of us. We needed a brand that represented ourselves and our former brand, like I said, it was more of a coffee shop. It was more built out of a need. Dope Coffee was also built out of a need, but it was built out of a need for our culture and for us as people. We knew that how coffee was being portrayed directly related to how we were being portrayed in our own lives. And mm. we have children and I need to be comfortable in what I'm doing out in the world so that when my children are ready to go out into the world, it's a comfortable place for them, a place where they can thrive, a place where I feel good for them going out there and living in a world where we at least have some footprint, some way where they can see, hey, I love who I am. I love where I came from. I love where I'm going. I want them to put their mark on it too. So Dope coffee really stemmed from a need for us to be ourselves. Black culture, a lot of people are trying to eradicate black culture or change it into something that it's not or something that is just perceived. We're here to say, hey, we're black. And a lot of what you say or do or think about us, we don't think that way. This is mm. how we think. This is how we view coffee. This is how we view how you're supposed to drink coffee if you do like a little sweetener in it. This is how you should drink coffee or we think you should drink coffee if you would like a healthier creamer option. It's our version. It's our innovative coffee products that are inspired by Black culture to elevate Black culture and give us those things that we need in order to be as creative and as, <laughs> as dope as we can be in our craft. 
the story behind the name is, you know, the word dope and it's definitely like an African-American colloquialism and it's like still part yeah. of the, the lexicon of how we speak. Yeah. And depending on, you know, sometimes there's like Tony Morrison used to talk about learning how to not write for the white gaze and making sure like what she wrote was she didn't have to explain herself in order to kind of launch into a story. And so people could understand the narrative because her readers were supposed to be, you know, black people. And Uh so like the word dope, of course, being a part culturally, like I still have to explain what I mean when I say that every now and again, So like dope or fresh or any of those. So what's the, what's the story behind the new name? Honestly, we took Dope wasn't really a good word growing up when I was younger. It always meant like drugs or something bad or something that you, you know, you weren't supposed to do. Mm. But we wanted to take that and turn it around because, I mean, honestly, when I say dope now, like I have a reference to what it meant back in the day. But dope is dope to me. Dope is what people might think of as cool or whatever. But we wanted to change how people saw those black colloquialisms like we want to tell our narrative and our narrative is that no don't associate dope and black people in a bad light that's not how i see myself like i'm extra dope and that's a good <laughs> thing to me so exactly. i want to tell people about that i also come from a background where i mean i'm an 80s baby mm-hmm. dope was literally running through the street here yeah yep, same so here yeah when it comes to things like that, I'm like, no, don't look down upon me. I don't need a pity party. And I also don't need you to taint some of my memories that I honestly really love. So Dope Coffee literally is like, it is a brand, a platform for Black culture. It is the turnaround. It's like, no, we are controlling our narrative and we are Dope Coffee and Dope Coffee is good. Absolutely. On your website for your about us page, because I'm one of those people I kind of like I like to research my guests and just make sure I know what I'm asking. So I'm not repetitious, especially if you've had it like an interview before and people are like, they asked that question on the last one. Why didn't you pay attention to that? (laughs) It is a really beautiful like sentiment on the about page. It says coffee has a stigma that surrounds it. The focus is put on fancy origins, roasts and blends. That pretentiousness lends itself to stereotypes about the people who drink it. And for me, like that's, it's such a powerful statement and comparing that to like your journey and understanding like a lot of times those statements come from the spaces of like challenge and those conversations you're having across the industry, understanding that the industry is extremely white facing and white centered. What have been your largest challenges in shifting the brand and like bringing forth new products? I remember when I first started following you guys and it was primarily coffee and like the coffee scrub. Mm -hmm. And now I'm seeing like the subscription box. I've got like the beard oil. I'm like, okay, y'all come on. So what's been the biggest challenges and what kind of pushback have you had like kind of behind the scenes that people just don't see when you're putting a brand up? Okay. Some of the challenges, honestly, it's been the stereotype around coffee. When we first started breaking out with dope coffee, it was, it was all consumables. We were up in Sweet Auburn market and we were debuting our iced coffee and trying to present your brand along with a product that is catered for the taste palette of black people, but there's no sugar. There's no additives. Mm. Just black iced coffee, which most black people have been accustomed to thinking that black people don't drink coffee. Right. Coming there as a black brand and asking people to try our coffee, it was almost like they looked at us like, why did you bring this? 
Like why? <laughs> of all things that you could show, you have other people showing up with cakes, with sauces. You show up with some ice black coffee. And honestly, 99% of people that walked away with our product loved it. They had a mm. total turnaround on, oh my gosh, wait a minute. That's coffee? That is coffee? No, wait, wait. I'm used to burnt hot sludge. I'm used to... <laughs> I'm used to instant crystals being dissolved because I grew up on instant crystals being dissolved yeah. in water. Or I grew up on that sludge that they were like, you're supposed to drink this. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I really like my food and beverage. I think I'll choose something else. But mm. it also closed off our culture, I think, to open up its mind on how food in general can taste. Because like I said, I'm a foodie. And I back that with science by being a dietitian, in addition to being a chef and cooking for, I can't even count the years right now. And I love to experiment. And when you experiment with food, and we'll just talk about coffee for right now, but like when you experiment with coffee, you come to find that the different temperatures that it's brewed, the different grind size, the different equipment used to make your coffee all makes a difference. And we want to tell people, that's why we have drip tips as well. Drip tips is available to teach people how to make good coffee at home, because we don't want you to just, oh, buy dope coffee. You have to get it from us to, to taste this way and, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, we are teachers. We want you to have what we have. Like we want to share it. We mm. want to elevate. That's what we want to do. So we teach people how to make what seemed to be this super expensive, only upper class people drink it, or you have to be a certain person to partake in really good coffee. We're not here to make it pretentious. We're here to bring real food to real people to help them in their daily life. So, I mean, honestly, like those were the biggest struggles, opening people's mm. minds to trying coffee again, giving it another try from black people. And okay. it's been well received. Let's just leave it at that. Because <laughs> what it sounds like is that the people who were the most resistant were black folks out there who were like, well, I drink yeah. Duncan and I'm straight. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and to get them to kind of revisit the conversation around coffee and even mm -hmm. the process. Like I love my favorite moments are like getting up to make a cup of coffee in the morning, like the process and the ritual mm -hmm. of that. And I tell people, once you kind of get into like that process, it's it can be a bit obsessive. You just you out here buying mocha pots and and, and, and you, you're out here like, okay, how do I do a pour over properly? You looking at filters and like special order and filters and stuff. And you're just like, all right, here we go. And then you get to the place where you're like, maybe I can just get a small coffee roaster and like a burner and then some green exactly. beans. And like you go that far on occasion. And you're like, do I really have to do all of this? And sometimes it's just like, it's the ritual of it though. It's really like bringing something to life and bringing mm -hmm. something into the world or changing its current form or current expression, like going from yeah. beans to liquid and like just that entire thing. And like the smell that starts to fill your house and fill your kitchen. So yeah, it's a whole thing. And it does seem for a very long time, like coffee was kind of sold as this idea that it was exclusive and there were people who were not permitted into the space to like talk about it. And then you got into having baristas that you could show up to a coffee shop and just go, oh yeah, you know, going to pour me my special blend. And it was just this shrouded in mystery and to like break it 
down and go, it doesn't have to be that like coffee is special. And the process of going from bean to brew is definitely like intricate and scientific, but it doesn't have to be inaccessible. And you can be like a part of the conversation. What have been some of your favorite products so far? Cause I know, like I said, you guys are out here, like just throwing more and more product up. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. all of this for me, like I need a candle. I need more scrub. <laughs> I'm going to need a couple of bags and a whole roast. <laughs> so yeah, so you guys are throwing up some really incredible products that other coffee brands just aren't doing. So what's your process of coming up or creating these new products and like that R&D process? Yeah. So I like to base my products in science and my products, they have to fit a need for my culture. And the reason why I want to specifically focus on black culture is because for everything that's out there, it's either really black or it's just not black. And I'm talking about products. So I make products that give nutritional value. They not only, let's just take the Beard and Scalp Serum. Mm -hmm. So this right here, it was meant to be a transition product or an intermediary to your daily routine. A lot of people, they have good shampoos or like good cleansers. They have good moisturizers, but there's an intermediary step where your skin and your hair needs nutrition in order for it to either grow or increase its luster or just have an overall healthy body. And a lot of people don't get that with the products that they have right now. So with the serum that I made, it's a multi-purpose serum that is supposed to lock in those nutrients and really give your skin and hair life. Those products, I think, are missing in the industry right now. The industry needs to open its mind more to more serums, more transition products in order to bridge that gap between people that are honestly used to doing it how they were taught when they were children. Wash Mm. your hair, condition your hair. That's it. It's like, actually, no, you strip away and then you're supposed to seal it. But a lot of that gets sucked in already. And then you're left still with some dry skin or some skin or hair that is okay, but is it your best? Is it it not give you any issues? Is it what you want? How does it make you feel? And I know we're not on video right now, but I mean, for my hair, (laughs) it's been a struggle. It has. I'm like, it's just missing something. These products are, they're like 75% there, but then they're just, they're lacking. And I want to pick up that slack to help people bridge that gap, honestly, to bring them over to a more natural process of how they take care of themselves inside and out. So that's where the impetus comes from for these products. It's to bridge that gap in order to continue to elevate each person in our culture, whether it's one person at a time, one cup at a time. That's what we're doing. As a nutritionist, as like a a dietitian, Mm -hmm. when you are talking to someone about coffee, because there's always something new that you shouldn't eat or drink for a variety of reasons. And it's rare that the general public will investigate the claims, especially the the newer ones. And they just kind of go with it and make some choices. So, of course, we've gone between everything from coffee enemas are awesome to don't drink coffee. It might take you out. So as a dietitian, when you're talking to people about the consumption of coffee and like where it fits in their nutritional world and help them understand like adding it to your diet can add these benefits. What's the messaging there for you guys? Because I know a lot of people, especially when we're talking about black food and black food ways that, Mm -hmm. you know, a large 
part of the narrative is that it's unhealthy and like we shouldn't eat this way. And, you know, because obviously, you know, the physical state of black people tells you that nutritionally you guys aren't making great choices. And I'm like, I think a lot of it has to do with the stress of living here and living under all of the oppression we've lived under and trying to survive it. But that's my opinion. I do think people do make some terrible food choices, but on the whole, I think black people eat the way, you know, our ancestors ate. I mean, I know my great aunt and my, all those great greats in my family, they live to be like almost a hundred eating like that. I mean, they used to show up with some neck bone soup. You had some cornbread, you know I mean? It wasn't like, you, you know, you woke up in the morning, you had like some cheese grits and some scrambled eggs, and some ham or some hash or some scrapple or whatever. And they ate like that every single day. And it wasn't like they were out toiling in the fields or anything. They were going to office jobs and stuff like that, but they still ate yeah. like that. And they lived a very long time. But yeah, as far as like the conversation around coffee, coffee and nutrition? Like what's your messaging to people when they start to kind of come back with the, well, coffee isn't good for you and you really shouldn't drink it every day. Like what's the, what's your answer there? Oh, I love nutrition. (laughs) (laughs) I approach each person where they are and I have to take nutrition back to, it's all about nutritional counseling. You have to take each person for where they are. So if somebody comes to me and they say, which they have, well, I can't drink coffee every day or coffee gives me indigestion or coffee this. And I'm like, okay, but let's also look at, let's look at your morning routine. Do you just wake up in the morning and down some coffee? Cause if you do that, then it probably will give you indigestion because you haven't given your <laughs> digestive system, any type of coating that it could possibly need to combat all of the acidity that you're about to put into your body just right off the bat. Mm. So when people talk about coffee, I don't even address the immediate question because that's not really the question. Got you. Got you. They want to know about coffee as it pertains to almost like a diet. And that's not how we need to view food. We need to know, hey, what am I going to be doing today? What am I going to be doing tomorrow? What do I want to do next week? Okay. How should I be eating and drinking right now? What should I be eating and drinking right now so that I can do my best So that when I do want to do something next week, I can do it at my best. When you take food and you take coffee in that vein, I would say even for myself, because I love me some coffee and my husband makes the best coffee ever. So when I want my coffee and I have right now, I have my plant-based protein milk with a little bit of dope coffee syrup. And I also have my water in addition to my black coffee, because I know that if I want to enjoy a little bit of caffeine and some good flavor and still be good to go throughout my day, I also need to have a little bit of protein, a little bit of fat and a little bit of carb. You just have to design your life around what you want. And a lot of people want good things for themselves. So coffee's not bad every day. Honestly, I mean, coffee honestly has a lot of water in it. So y'all don't want me to be violent every day. So coffee absolutely is saving lives on a daily basis. I'm telling you, coffee is great. It has a lot. It has antioxidants. It has some fats. It has some fiber. It's a good overall product in its entirety. So if a person is really taking care of themselves and they don't have any like severe underlying diseases, Gotcha. Coffee is fine. Yeah. Like coffee yeah. is fine. You just have to make sure that you're actually taking care of yourself and not blaming coffee or a food or a diet on bad choices. Got you. See, ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and write that down. <laughs> 
Don't blame the food for your bad choices. Yeah. It's disrespectful. And it really limits people at that point. Cause then like a lot of times that's something people will ask working as a chef is mm-hmm. the value or the, the nutritional value of food or the harm that certain foods will do to you. And mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, I'm not always that diplomatic in my phrasing of that, but most times I'm just like, well, you're not looking at a whole picture. You're looking at a single ingredient or a single food or a single dish. Right. And you're not looking at your own lifestyle and your own choices that have resulted in some health issues and some health challenges. There's a lot of things that contribute to a reaction to anything. No more than when people start to treat medical conditions If you treat it just from one angle, most people don't get better. You have to look at the whole picture and divine a course of treatment that treats the whole person. Mm -hmm. Now, back to that coffee syrup. Yeah. Talk to me about that one. (laughs) I was like, because I want, I'm like, if y'all, if y'all don't get on this website and order this coffee syrup, I can't, (laughs) I can't help you. You just don't listen to good advice is all I'm saying. If you don't go buy the coffee syrup, Mm -hmm. but for you guys, like what was the inspiration for that? What was your process of like bringing that to the market? Cause it's definitely one of my favorite products. Yeah. So it was a straight dietetic play. Honestly, I love black coffee and I don't like the stigma around products in black culture. I grew up eating basically how I eat right now. I eat fairly healthy and actually I don't even like using that word. I eat how I eat and I eat so that I can perform well. The coffee syrup, it's my first transition product. And I call it a transition product because bridging the gap between what people like to eat and their health, that's a sensitive subject for a lot of people. Like you're messing with their food here. Yeah. And you want them to change for the better, but you can't just take everything away that it causes yo-yo dieting. It causes people to feel bad about themselves. You don't want to go down that route. What you do is you make it easy for them to accept the change. And that's what this coffee syrup is about. Our coffee syrup is infused with our coffee to help bridge the taste gap between adding a little sweetener to your coffee, but still keeping that coffee taste. It also allows for you not to have to add so much sweetener because you don't have that big taste difference. So people, yeah, when people use this syrup, some people use it just a little dab in their coffee and they're good. And they're like, man, I normally have to put a lot in here or mixing the coffee syrup with, I recommend extra creamy oat milk. Mixing that with our dope coffee syrup, oh my gosh, it gives you a heaven of a latte. It doesn't matter if you think that you don't like plant-based milks or if you use like regular creamers. So that's what the syrup is. It's like, it's a real first transition product to help decrease diabetes and decrease or lower your, your GI index when it comes to drinking coffee. And I know that's a little bit of science, but like people are into that now. They're, they yeah. Know. And people should be paying attention to that. Absolutely. Right. Right. They definitely should. And they should start practicing it. So honestly, I'm giving them products so that they can say, well, they can't say, well, there's nothing out there that I like. And I'm just like, actually, I make good things. I make good products because I love food and I want to do my best. So yeah, the coffee syrup, my first transition product, really, really proud of it. 
Oh, nice. And you should be. I was just like, because I've transitioned into oat milk more and more. Uh-huh. There's some things I still absolutely use like raw whole milk for. But as far as like everyday dairy stuff, I usually mm-hmm. have like I've transitioned out and into oat milk. And oat milk is one of those things like you have to get used to adding it to coffee or adding it to certain things because it does offer a different texture and a different finish. And that extra creamy oat milk absolutely should go to the top of the list if you're going to use it in coffee for like lattes or frothing or foaming. But in case people don't know, like it's corn syrup free, which for me and my sister, that's always a win. If we can find products without corn syrup, because they slip it in so easily with different names Mm -hmm. and different percentages. And a lot of times people don't realize it's still like high fructose corn syrup and something. Mm -hmm. And last time I checked, it still wasn't the greatest thing in the world for you. I want those people like certain preservatives in moderation you can't avoid, especially with packaged goods. However, if you can <laughs> like mm-hmm. read a label, like if you can avoid the high fructose corn syrup, I would suggest you try to do that. It's Definitely. just anything that's that overly processed, that's always going to be problematic. It's like a person being overly processed. You don't want a part of that. Mm-hmm. So to the growth of the brand at this point, because I know like paying yeah. attention to the website and like chatting with you that you guys are kind of in an investment round with mm-hmm. some, you know, trying to grow the brand and take it into new places. So what are we doing around that? How can we like support? How can the community support? as well as, you know, what is the plan going forward after you hit your numbers and how do you plan on growing the brand? So like the things we can be excited about and just definitely advocate for you guys for. Yeah. So yeah, we are actually finishing up. We have about 11 days, 10 or 11 days left in our crowdfunding, our Title Three crowdfunding. And we can be found Dope Coffee Company on Crowdfund Main Street. So you can go ahead and look at our investment offer that we have up. We're really making moves and we're putting our words into action. Building out Dope Coffee, it does take capital, but we are building on all fronts. We have a great team that we put together and our team is literally, we're not trying to just sell coffee. And I think I made that clear earlier. We are a brand to elevate black culture and not just to be like, hey guys, we're here to rah, rah, rah. It's like, no, we want to help you. We don't want this to be the company that people just like. We want the company to do something so that you guys can elevate another person and another person and another person. We all need to come up together. So with Dope and what we're doing, we have a few products that are going to be coming out that we've been getting ready for as the money's been coming in. We are currently looking for a larger space, a larger warehouse space nice. to potentially put in, let's say like a micro fulfillment center because we are not a coffee shop. However, seeing the inner workings of, Hey, this is what goes on in a black startup. This is what goes on in the coffee game. These are the behind the scenes of how your product gets processed. We want to show people that as we run our business. So Those are things that we're gearing up for in the near future. We're really digging our heels in right now and riding the wave of the large influx of orders that came in over the past couple of weeks, which we greatly (laughs) appreciate. We love, love support. Love it. It's making us move faster, honestly. We are responding to it and continuing to grow every single day. So we're actually going down there today to put more packages in the mail. But yeah, business is going well and our plan is being put into place and we need continued support. And when I say that, I'm not just talking about just dope coffee. I'm talking about black business. We need 
support. We need people to really look at what we're doing and accept what we're doing for their norm. Turn it all around, open your mind, change the way that you think, because however we were brought up, dope coffee is the product of being brought up in that era where there was nothing for us. So for dope, we're just like, Hey guys, you're giving us the support. We're going to give you some really good things. We're going to give you black sheep accelerator, which is going to help those black businesses and accelerate them through a lot of the processes that we had to learn as a company. We are going to give you confessions of a native son, which is another podcast that we sponsor that really talks about race, culture, and business from a black standpoint. We're going to give you a musical outlet and I won't let too much of that out, but that's coming soon because Dope Coffee is also built off of hip hop and hip hop has changed the way people see black culture and we are giving our narrative to that as well. So that's really what you should be looking forward to. I'm excited about the products that are coming, but I'm also excited to see what this company is going to look like come 2021. Like we're doing some great things here. Oh, I love it. Now, are you guys supplying any like black coffee shops right now? Is there a place where people can, you know, if they aren't necessarily buying coffee at home that they can go like get a cup and experience the brand in like a brick and mortar situation? So as of right now, we just started consistently shipping out wholesale units to a couple of shops, but they're kind of scattered. Honestly, they're scattered around Mm. the U.S. But if you would like to purchase online, we have wholesale to Bold Exchange. You can find our products there on their site. In addition to 50s, and these are both black owned brands that highlight other black brands and kind of give you options to choose from. I mean, I I even bought some of their exchanges gifts for my husband for Father's Day. I mean, it's just a great place to shop black products, unique black products. Mm, I love it. I love it. And ladies and gentlemen, like just go on and buy the coffee. I don't even know how to explain. I mean, even if you buy it and don't like coffee and you give it to somebody else, do that. And to the investment conversation, like I've started to really lean into my own portfolio and just really looking at the level of diversity there and how I can invest in black owned brands that are growing. And like that idea of a few years, you know, a decade ago when Twitter and a lot of those social platforms were looking for funding and you could get in on the ground level for like 400 bucks. And now, you know, that stock would be worth quite a bit at this point. Like for me, Mm -hmm. I'm like, we need to start thinking about black brands in that way, start to think about how black brands can be large enough to be publicly traded and to have like growing stock prices and contribute to the overall space of commerce in the country. And so, you know, if you are a person who's really starting to think about your finances and starting to look at like how I can invest for the long term in myself and in my people, these are those opportunities. This is that moment, the window that's open at this point for you all. I've definitely been on the crowdfunding side. I'm making my decisions about how I want to invest. And, you know, I've definitely considered creating investment groups with other black people where we can like pull our money and invest in major brands together. And just to push this, you know, if we don't do it, well, how will we expect anybody else to do it? If we don't value the products we put out ourselves and the, the products that the people in our communities are putting out, like no one else is, I can't expect anybody else to find as much value in them as I do. 
and to add another coffee brand to a grocery store shelf to make sure that these coffee brands are showing up in like major spaces and major coffee houses and major cafes as just a brand of excellence that people should be drinking and changing the conversation around what you're drinking and who's supplying it. So, yeah, so I, you know, for me, I encourage people to like, I'm encouraging listeners to like hop on there, put your money into your community, mm-hmm. do the research, read the information. There's plenty of PDFs on this bad boy. So like, don't just go, yeah, click, click, click. No, read what's happening. Understand what you're investing in because it makes you a part of the process at that point. So, so yeah. So thank you for diving into that for me. Cause I definitely was like, like investing in black owned brands for me has just become like paramount. So yeah, I'm like, I'm looking for like, you know, at some point to be like, I need that. To, I got a stock certificate for all the brands I've already started to invest in. So I'm just like, I'm expecting, like, I want to be excited for you. Like, like yeah, once, once we go ahead and apply for our IPO and we get out here and we publicly trade it, like I just, you know, would, it would love to see black owned brands on the ticker tape and looking at my investments and understanding that we're part of the stock market and that we are major players there. So, so for the time being, I know, cause I've been on the site, like looking at products and some things are sold mm-hmm. out. We are looking at, and for me, like I'm calling it the period of black people are popular again. So, <laughs> so as we work our way through this, uh, getting to the other side, what are we looking at as far as like a timeline for like restocks and stuff like that? Okay. Honestly, that's all we've been doing for the past couple of weeks. And all this love and support has come in a time where we are in a pandemic and supply chains are, you know, struggling a little bit, but for dope coffee, we've, thanks to our CEO, we were well prepared as well as we could have been for the point that we were at. And we've just been making sure that when that next wave does come from here on out, that we will have basically all our products and, and operations gearing and ready to go. So when it comes to that aspect, We've been working diligently and we're pretty much back at the point where we're only going forward. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love it. Now, speaking of your CEO, we got some time. Talk to mm-hmm. me about your your team right now, how you guys are choosing people and you know what people's roles are at this point. Because I know I can find a lot of folks on social media, but like, yeah, talk to us about the Dope Coffee team. Yeah. Yeah. So right now we're basically a team of three. We're building out a board of advisors, but these people have been, they've been in our ear for a while now. But as far as like our core team, our CEO, Mike Lloyd, he's brilliant in how he sees the company and where he wants the vision of Dope Coffee to go. It's never about the coffee. It's always about the culture and where we're going to take it. So our vision and direction has really been pushed by our CEO and refined by our CEO. So just know that wherever we go, you guys are going to get like the cream of the crop. You're going to get some good stuff. When it comes to our operations and what we do, that's Stace Lloyd. And he makes us move. He keeps us on our toes like dope coffee. If you look at it from, from just a company standpoint, trying to take an idea and physically build it out and create a process to it. That's what Stace does. So you have brilliant vision coupled with brilliant process and dope products. And that's what you get with dope coffee. So we're going to be taking over. Oh, wait. And did I mention that our CEO and our 
COO are both rappers. So when it comes to bringing hip hop into dope coffee, I get to see it firsthand and have, have honestly been around it for decades. So coming to see that creativity flow through dope coffee, in addition to everything else that we do, you got a good company. You, you have a good brand, a good brand that's really going to speak the mind of the people and give them what they want. And what more can you ask, y'all? What more can you ask from a brand? Like, <laughs> like for real. So give us the deets on like where to follow you, the name of the website. I like all of those things where people can like locate you and start following and like sharing with friends and family and, and all those details. Okay. On IG and Facebook, you can find us at Real Dope Coffee. You can go to our website, www.realdope.coffee. We also have a blog in addition to drip tips that you can find on YouTube, our crowdfund, which we do have about 10 or 11 days left, our crowdfund, you can find us on crowdfund Main Street under Dope Coffee Company. All right, y'all, you, you have the information. I expect some activity yeah. because of the information, like really. Thank you so much. I mean, I've been clocking you guys for a minute. Oh, I was like, what's this? What's this black owned coffee? What are you talking about? What do you mean? I love I love coffee. What, what's what's happening? Where can I put my dollars? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I appreciate you taking some time. I know you guys are busy right now. And like the pandemic, of course, has altered a lot of people's <laughs> processes and production. And so for me, I'm like, time is definitely very precious for brands who are still trying to put out great product and stay connected to their customers. So I appreciate you taking out some time this morning. That is all for this week's episode. Thank you to our guests for spending some time with us. And thank you for listening in and for being a part of the Flyest Click in podcasting. If you love these conversations, be sure to download, subscribe, comment, and share. You can get further connected with the Afros and Knives community by following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget to visit our website, afrosandknives.com, and sign up for our newsletter. Afros and Knives does this work only with the financial support of our Patreon community. To become a patron, please visit patreon.com backslash Afros and Knives and pledge your monthly support. We are working on expanding into video as well as offering patron-only content this year and you don't want to miss out. Until next week, may you be happy, may you be safe, may you be healthy, may you be at peace. <laughs>